0: It's Tuesday, August 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, our man in North Carolina, Asa Sharma. Thanks for being here. Chris, thank you for having me. So excited to be here today. Uh, we've got some big retail to talk about, and we're going to start with Walmart. $141 billion worth of stuff. That's what Walmart sold in the second quarter. Um, same store sale growth in the U.S. was 5%. Their foot traffic is growing. Uh, Shares of Walmart are flat, but given what the market is doing today, I almost feel like if, if the market were flat, then Walmart would be up a couple of percentage points. But uh, worth pointing out that
1: it's close to an all-time high. Yes. I mean, Walmart stock is doing well. As you mentioned, that $141 billion in revenue for one quarter sort of boggles the mind for a retailer. It's like those uh, Little visualizations on YouTube when you you ask, hey, how big is the, the cosmos? How many stars are there out there? And 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 take a look and and you realize how massive that number is. <laughs> this is sort of the same way, and yet the company continues to generate increases in sales, really significant increases in uh, profits. I love that their e-commerce sales grew six percent on top of a really. Difficult comparison from the prior year when everyone was stuck at home. The two year comparison is 103%. So that just shows you how much that e commerce piece has grown. Uh, today they said that the e commerce sales are on track to reach $75 billion by the end of the year um, as an annualized number. So everything about Walmart is big today. But as you mentioned, Chris, the market is down. Uh, we got an economic report that said retail sales in the U.S. are down. Uh, I think 1.1 percent. So maybe looking past this quarter and looking ahead, investors might be getting a little bit nervous about what this means for its sales in the current quarter. But I really liked what I saw. I liked the balance. And and one thing that I wanted to chat with you about is sort of the shifting of the parts and pieces in Walmart's global revenue earlier this year management said, we're going to trim some of these more mature markets, so where we operate in the U.K., in in Argentina, for example, we're going to trim our presence there, but we're going to keep investing in places like Canada and India and China. And That bet seems to be paying off. The company's international sales were down this quarter just because they don't own as many of those international properties. But I like the way that they're paying attention to where the growth is uh, around the globe. It's not enough just to expand your footprint if you're Walmart. You've got to do it with a lot of strategic direction. Um, and you have to go where those gross dollars are. Because, yeah, at $141 billion in sales in, in a quarter, how do you increase that? You've got to go to places like China and India where those sales exist.
0: Absolutely. And I know he doesn't get as much attention as other CEOs, but Doug McMillan has built up a a pretty great track record as CEO of Walmart. Uh, He's highly engaged in the business. Um, One of the things I was looking at coming into this report, and we're going to get Target's report on Wednesday morning. We'll see what color they give. I was interested in what does Target's, uh, what does Walmart say about back to school? Um, because it's the second most important season for retailers. And the language we got out of management off of the call and, and uh, off of interviews this morning was they're seeing a strong start in back to school sales. Obviously, this goes on for another month or so, but um, it's pretty encouraging when the biggest retailer in the United States is, um, you know, it, it provides for me just as a consumer as someone who's interested in business and as someone who's interested in the market doing well in general, it provides a pretty nice ballast to the retail report that you mentioned earlier.
1: Absolutely. The one caveat hanging over that obviously is the Delta variant, but Walmart is reporting that those sales are vigorous and that is an offset to maybe a little bit of what we'll see as this late summer turns into fall in that foot traffic to stores could dip just a bit. But the message today was that despite uh, the Delta variant, they're seeing pretty strong foot traffic. I think as a society, we are learning to live with uh, COVID-19 and we are past the stage where we're going to be on total lockdowns, maybe specific localities where uh, Delta is in just. Run, it's running rampant, I should say, but overall that's a good sign if you're a Walmart investor. We're sort of learning to cope as we go along.
0: Home Depot's second quarter profits were higher than expected. no surprise there. Average ticket, uh, which Jason Moser talked about yesterday, average ticket was up more than 11 percent, but we got no guidance for the full fiscal year. same store sales were a little bit lower than Wall Street was hoping for, and shares of Home Depot down around five, six percent today.
1: Yeah, this one is maybe uh, a little bit more of a deceleration situation when we look at the big picture. Home Depot has more exposure to Walmart, to life resuming as normal. Of course, Walmart has that big grocery component, so they've got a driver to foot traffic. What Home Depot is up against is maybe some tapering off of the do-it-yourself flourish that they saw during COVID. The fact that uh, so many of us were at home buying smaller ticket items. What I really liked, however, in this report is the fact that they were able to increase their retail sales per square foot appreciably by about 5% year-over-year year to $663. So While that customer transaction dip per ticket, they had an increase in their average ticket size from $74 this time last year to, to almost $82.5 this quarter. and To me, that shows some of the versatility that Home Depot is able to lean on. You and I have talked about some of the investments that they've made in the past to be able to move bigger ticket items and how Home Depot, even before COVID, was investing in its systems uh, to drive in-store ordering, meaning thereby, if you were shopping around in-store and didn't find what you were looking for, a lot of their tech is pointed towards ease of ordering that item and having it delivered or buying it and picking it up in-store later. So They've got some flexibility that they're able to push as the retail picture changes. We also should note that there's a lot of puts and takes here for Home Depot that don't necessarily exist for Walmart. One of those is lumber prices, which have been all over the map. Those were at a multi-year peak. They've started to level off. so That could be good news uh, for Home Depot. And The bright side, if you want to look beyond this corner, is I think continued strength in that pro-business, with which both Home Depot and Lowe's cater to. I believe we're going to see more of a resumption of home renovation as home prices just stay at these crazy levels. Uh, this is good news for a good part of Home Depot's business and that can actually offset some of what they see in declining do-it-yourself business. I do want to say one more thing um, here, Chris, and, and get your take on this. In the conference call today, management talked about how demand is shifting during the week. so They're seeing more of weekday performance in store sales and less on the weekends, which that says everything to me. That that says, hey, people are going out and trying to live life on the weekends again. So. Hence, I think they're going to target maybe more uh, promotional activity for weekdays, um, which again, they're more equipped with all the investments they've made to do that uh, vis-a-vis before the pandemic hit. I, I think you've touched on a couple
0: of things that uh, for me with Home Depot, and I'll include um, Target as well in this, they point to nimbleness. Uh, obviously, there's you know nothing like a crisis to to force a business to um, make decisions quickly and do everything they can to not only survive but also thrive. But when you talk about things like, you know, just making it easier for people to make a purchase. You go into a Home Depot, you're looking for something, it's not there, and someone's going to help you. You're like, because you're already in the store. They want you to buy it. They don't want you to leave and not buy it. They want to do everything they can to say, well, look, uh, you know, let me look on this handheld device. We've got it in these other locations. If you want it today, we can have it sent to your house. We can have it sent here. Uh, so, you can pick it up here. We're going to do whatever we can. Um, and I mentioned Target just because I've had that exact experience at both Home Depot and Target. Um, but I think that, you know, you mentioned Lowe's. It's going to be interesting to see what we get out of Lowe's tomorrow because shares of Lowe's are also down 5% today. And I'm assuming that is some number of investors just looking at Home Depot and saying, if history's any guide, this is probably what we're going to see out of Lowe's. I'm not going to wait to see the numbers tomorrow. It, like, it it's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow because Lowe's could surprise and the stock could bounce back up. But um, there are some people who are not waiting to see what happens tomorrow morning with Lowe's. I'm
1: curious too, now that you've brought that up, sympathy selling today, whiplash buying tomorrow, very possible. Uh, We're going to move from retail to video games.
0: Roblox shares are down a bit today after um, the loss in the second quarter, was a bit more than expected. Overall revenue was a bit lower than expected. Um, keep in mind, though, Roblox revenue more than doubled from a year ago. Daily active users were up. You know, there's. Uh, I, I get why the stock is down today, but if you're a Roblox shareholder, it seems like there are some good things you can point to in this report
1: and and feel better about as an investor while your stock is dropping a little bit. I think the same. This is a company that's growing on me, Chris. Uh, The numbers you cite absolutely are impressive. They had an increase in their hours engaged metric of 13% year-over-year to $9.7 and Critically, users over the age of 13 jumped 29% this quarter versus the second quarter of 2020. and Why that's important is because so much of Roblox's base is comprised of younger kids who are hitting their parents up to buy virtual currency. This is how Roblox records its revenue and this is how they make their cash flow. It's through selling this virtual currency. So, what I was interested in in this report was the July metrics that the company presented alongside the quarter that just ended. So, we got a glimpse into the sequential growth from this reporting period, sort of a first blush at what things are like on the ground today. And and this was, to me, impressive. Hours engaged in July up 3.8 billion, that's 22%. Their bookings, which is a measure of the virtual currency they sell during a quarter, those were up 19 percent and sequentially up 10 percent from June of 2021 you, the same can be said uh, for revenue that's up again 111 percent in July uh, Chris so continuing that trend and up about uh, they're projecting two to four percent sequentially from the month that they just concluded in June, the reporting month they concluded so I think all of this uh, paints a picture of a company that is doing what it needs to do in terms of growing its user base, getting them to stay more on the platform, play more hours and a couple of other things that stand out to me, which are important going forward is or are the, are the efforts the company is making to expand its platform maybe to keep kids engaged once they are potentially at risk of aging out, let's say the age of 16 and above. They bought a company yesterday or announced the purchase of a company yesterday called Gilded. This is a competitor to Discord. So basically, it adds a social component to their metaverse, allows people to chat in real time. The company also is uh, increasing in engagement around the world. Specifically, management mentioned uh, games out of China, experiences out of China, rather, that are. Really, really accelerating in usage, and also sort of a cross cultural phenomenon in which not only are users in the US going through the Chinese experiences, but Chinese users are going through the US experiences on their metaverse platform. So there's a lot here I think that's positive if you are a long term shareholder. Last thing that I wanted to point out here is that cash flow remains very strong. Roblox has this sort of long lag period between. The time it takes in new customers to the time it shows or recognizes that revenue on their income statement, and shows the cash flow that's generated by that. But but cash flow is extremely strong for this company. Has been uh, just wanted to point out here that while they have this increasing net loss on a cash basis, they are doing quite well in the six months ended June 30th, 2021 they generated 336000000 million-odd in operating cash flow, and that's more than a double from the $160 million in operating cash flow they generated in the first six months of 2020. So yes, some things to critique here, but I think on balance, it looks very positive to me. This is a $44 billion company. Wh- when
0: do they start becoming profitable? Is that something that, uh, at some point, that's Actually matters, and I'm just wondering if you have a sense from management that this is coming in 2022, if it's a couple of years further down the line, because again, it's a 44
1: billion dollar company, and they're not making money. True. The average, uh, or, or sorry, the answer is when will they start to get operating leverage out of some of these investments they're making on the ground today? The biggest of those is research and development that jumped from. 89 million in the six months that comprise the first half of 2020 to 222 million odd in the first six months of this year. So, if you're looking for profitability, it is variable. It's, it is within management's hands, but I don't think they're willing to commit to a firm date. You can read these tea leaves, and it's just that, Chris, what what you're pointing out. It could be a couple of years down the road before the revenue scaling. Plus, some leveling out of these overhead expenses starts to result in uh, profit on the books. And I think what we, as investors, should do—although I am not personally invested in Roblox yet—if you are as an investor, you should keep your eye on that cash flow and just compare the the loss each quarter to the cash flow that's generated. Eventually, one has to fall the other. So. You can't have cash flow, strong cash flow, increasing forever without it being reflected in the income statement, in terms of profit and net income. So I think um, if I, my best guess would, it, yes, it would be a, a couple of years journey from here. That's a charmer.
0: Great talking to you as always. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. And buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery, the show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.